Hello everybody, I hope you're doing well. In today's episode, I want to talk about the difference between the progressive path and the direct path. This is the paths that we have to enlightenment as we know it and where we derive all of the knowledge and all the practices that we follow when we become interested in this path or process of self-realization. So I think it was important for me to talk about this because I express uh, all the time this path, this direct path that I use for my teachings and of course for my own life to approach reality and to live reality. And because we owe so much to the progressive path, there is something that needs to be said in order for us to understand uh, from a broader perspective, what this is all about. What is this path to enlightenment? But as usual, uh, before I begin, let me define the word enlightenment or what it means. What does it mean to be enlightened? And while obviously definitions may vary and people will give you all kinds of interpretations as to what this is, the basis of it is that the understanding of oneself one's purpose, one's uh, essence of life is harmony, is peace, is happiness. And everything that we see in conflict with ourselves is nothing but our own minds. And so from here is where we can uh, derive the feeling of enlightenment, what we seek, what we want. Uh, all words aside, what we want to be is joyful is to enjoy life and in contrast to what most of humanity has been living for thousands of years a lot of pain and suffering so that's what enlightenment is and the difference is that in say modern society we are um, primed to look for enlightenment or sorry not enlightenment but happiness <laughs> they're just two things for me at, the, at this point uh, we're, we are uh, driven to seek for happiness in objective reality with certain status in society or relationships or a specific job or attainment. There's always something objective that we have to obtain and that's what's going to bring us happiness. That hasn't happened for thousands of years. It's not going to begin to happen now. <laughs> for thousands of years also, the mystics have said that we don't have to look for this outside because it's all inside. So that's what enlightenment is. It's just a simple process of realizing that all the happiness, love, or anything that you're seeking really is within you. Um, and I say everything because sometimes we abstract this happiness into uh, more complex ways of uh, looking at it in reality you know so it might be uh, once i get this uh this pay rate and once i get um the the amount of friends that i want or once I'm a, i am accepted this to this club or status in some group or whatever it is or even uh, just our own practices once i achieve this state of uh, being and mind and all these things that's where i'm going to be happy you see, so we tend to to project ourselves, and that is the 
um, the seeking outside and not inside. So that's what enlightenment is. There is no mystery there. The mystery actually uh, comes out from the perception that we have of ourselves, you see, because we, we are so convinced that we are a separate individual in this world and that we must survive and that we must engage in this activity of uh, defense and competitiveness and uh, conflict in general. So that's where the mystery lies, that our perceptions deceive us, that our perceptions are always telling us something different than what we truly are. Um, but there's a reason for that. In any case, when we engage in this process and we find this, um, or we look for, for these practices or this path to enlightenment, to find out and realize that, yes, what I truly am is, uh, is joy, is happiness, peace in general. Um, we find that there are a lot of methods and, uh, like I said, practices and uh, I should call them recipes. There are recipes for enlightenment. And these are the progressive paths. You see, the progressive paths emphasize that we have to engage into specific practices, disciplines, uh, studying in general. And these are all for the purpose of conditioning the self towards the objective, which is enlightenment. But you see, we can already see that there is, um, there is a paradox here, because if I am it, why do I need to engage into these activities to reach where I already am? And that is what creates the progressive path, because I don't believe it from the beginning. I have convictions in my head that I am something else. And so the progressive path is a sort of concession that is done for the seeker who does not admit and cannot fathom the possibility that he or she is already what it's looking for. And so these practices are uh, usually created for the alleviation of these thought patterns that are disturbing the inner peace that we all are. That's why we do practices. That's why we discipline the mind and our own being. And that's why we study all kinds of scriptures because they contain a, um, a truth to it. And sometimes for the thinking mind, this is very relaxing because it finds and validates over and over again that yes, this is true, this is true. Now, one of the things of the progressive path is that it starts to create this religious approach to spirituality. And it doesn't take too much to realize that all spiritual practices, all spiritual belief systems have come out of mystics. In other words, there have been people who suddenly decided to investigate the nature of reality as true scientists and have reached that point of self-realization. At that point, they started talking about it. These teachings, of course, of course, touched a lot of people and 
the person gave teachings. These teachings are usually uh, very similar. They're all very similar because they're all talking about the same thing. That's why all religions share the same non-dual mysticism that we know. And if we follow any religion, we always go back to the same source because all mystics derive that from the same source. And although they taught it differently because of culture and language mainly, uh, that's in essence what they were talking about. So the progressive paths are these uh, mystical ways into which the mind comes to an end. If I can describe it succinctly, it would be that the mind comes to an end in its disturbed state, whatever that may be. But it is necessary, and I emphasize this, it is very necessary that a guide is present, a teacher or a guru is present to guide the, the seeker onto this process. That's why we have all kinds of different yogas and Christians, uh, Christian paths and uh, occultism or esoteric traditions that bring us to different steps because the progressive path is gradual. Uh, the progressive path is, it's a process that is taken step by step. See, and so we have um, degrees of, uh, of advancement, let's say. All of this, of course, has been designed, like I said at the beginning, for the thinking mind, the seeker who doesn't believe that what it is is already what it's looking for. But then there is the direct path. And the direct path is something that has been emphasized also for thousands of years. In fact, the direct path is the way in which the mystic teaches without scriptures, practices, disciplines, or anything, just pointing directly to what the essence of reality is, what the essence of the individual is. And the direct path uh, is characterized in general for being non-conceptual. It doesn't need any sort of scriptures. Uh, it doesn't need any specific practice or activities that need to be performed. Uh, that's why it's also um, characterized by direct experience. Direct experience is what allows us to prove, to uh, validate it within our own beingness that what we're checking, what we're looking for is what we are. So it must be present right now. It must always be present. It's not something that is going to happen in the future. You see, uh, this we do through a process which is called self-inquiry. And that is, again, if I, if that's the postulate, right? Um, the postulate is that I am, I am the happiness that I seek. I am the being that uh, contains everything. Then I should be able to investigate into my own self and find all of that. So that's what self-inquiry is, and that's why it's a—it's not a practice; it's um, it's a recognition. See, self-inquiry can also be 
this is just a crude analogy, but is um, it's almost like checking that you're alive. See, you don't have to actually check that you're alive, but sometimes we take for granted that we're alive. So when we take a step back and say, oh, I am alive, what are you doing? In essence, you're recognizing that you are alive. You see, you're not checking, you're not testing it. Uh, there is no on and off switch. You're always alive. That's why you're able to say you are alive. So this is why in uh, for some people it may be uh, a bit a bit of a confusion uh, or confuse a confusing approach because we're so used to using the mind, and this is in essence putting the mind on the side to see what else remains without the mind. Now, I repeat that, that both paths are bringing you to the same state. If you see the progressive path, it's just making a concession to the separate self, which is the sensation that I am a separate being, that I need assistance, that I need to uh, improve myself and so on. But it does this concession because, of course, there is uh, there is no way to convince the other person. There is no way to convince the other one that what you are is essentially this. So, and the other person yearns for disciplines and practices and things to do, and so the guru will make the concessions, but it does so skillfully. And this is where um, I'll introduce the um, the phenomenon that I feel because I felt it when in my process, I, I obviously had no teacher, I had nobody who guided me. And I, in essence, submitted to all of these recommendations and suggestions that you find everywhere, where uh, you have to align certain things and balance other stuff and uh, all these uh, new age practices that are suggested and uh, therapy and there is an explosion of disinformation nowadays in which you are suggested that if you have a problem or if you, um, it's almost like enlightenment has been uh, shattered and um, put into different pieces for people to piece together <laughs> like a jigsaw puzzle uh, with all these things. Um, I really, don't understand the purpose of, of this. It seems, if anything, just a uh, a reaction to the repression that we've always had in these topics of spirituality. And now they're just sprouting as um, particular things in uh, on their own. And there is a lack of coherence and interrelationship in all these things. Uh, for example, take the law of uh, manifestation or law of attraction. I always get them confused. Basically the same thing. Uh, it's something that seems to be exploiting the the nature of, um, of reality. You want to manifest things, so you manipulate reality somehow. But you see, this is directly related to um, the recognition of your own being. Manifesting from abundance is what they tell you. You see, but how can you manifest from abundance if you're asking for something you don't have? Then you, that's a paradox. You see, you're asking from scarcity from the very beginning. Uh, 
So the law of attraction or manifestation in general should be attached to abundance because you ask from abundance. But how can you ask from abundance? Well, you have to realize that you are what you essentially are is not abundance, it's everything. So anything that you desire will come from there because it's not um, it's not something that you want. You don't want a car, you don't want a relationship, you don't want anything in particular. What you want is to share this abundance. You see, and that desire will easily manifest. And if it doesn't happen, you're not disappointed because you're not looking for anything in particular. So these things, of course, are all relate, related. Um, but um, this is where it comes from. It comes from the gradual process to enlightenment. Uh, all these things are taken out of this path. And I just find it interesting that it's all, uh, like a lot of information that has been uh, presented to us to see what, what, what can we do with it. So we know that the progressive path will cause all of this. There's another point that the progressive path um, uh, may stop. Not all traditions, not all cultures uh, bring the uh, total, let's say, uh, collapse of duality. There is what sometimes is referred as the uh, dual enlightenment, which is the uh, the purification of the mind and the heart to a point in which it still uh, worships a, a deity or a god, um, not as a sort of um, subject of, of a monarch or something, but just simply as, as a loving being, you see. So uh, this is something that is still part of the process of a, a progressive path. Um, there is a last distinction that needs to be broken there, which is the, the collapse of this duality of separation between God and me. God is the last, uh, the last entity that we need to dissolve. God is the last thing that we have to um, eliminate, in essence. Um, this is probably one a good interpretation for that Zen koan that says, if you see the Buddha on the road, kill it. You see, because you have to finally bring to an end this uh, separation between God and you. And I find that very interesting too. So all mystic teachings are derived from this source, and yet they are, they are described in this way, in this way of telling you that you are already what you're looking for, you see? So that's what the direct path is concerned with. It is, um, it is a way into realizing this without the need of practices, without the need of disciplining yourself, and without the need of having to study uh, so many things. You can see why this, especially in the age of information now, it's not very... Um, attractive for a lot of people who just begin this path. And that's why I feel that uh, the direct path is most appropriately for people who have been studying for a while already, and they still find frustration in their lives because they haven't, they, they cannot achieve, they lack a guru or a teacher that can tell them what to do, where they're, they're missing the point in their own practices. That's another big point. The progressive paths are 
very exclusive for people who can afford time and energy and effort to go into temples and uh, or go to uh, have a teacher all the time that can guide them through these different disciplines. Whereas I feel that the direct path is most appropriate for most modern, modern humans because we don't have this time, we don't have this energy to dedicate to specific practices. And the direct path, it just goes straight into the heart of being. It goes into your own self. So I find that that is, um, uh, that is quite appropriate. And the guru is you. Once you take this, this path, and I emphasize, I feel, it, see, I, I, I don't want to put a requirement, but I feel that most people who are interested in this path are those who have been failing with other practices, with other, other studies and with certain disciplines and they just don't, they don't feel it anymore. They feel like they're failing and it's a constant frustration. Um, especially in this new age, like I said, people engage in chakra cleansing or aura cleansing and uh, meditation and uh, yoga, uh, all kinds of activities, uh, pranayama, breath control. Uh, th there is just a myriad of practices and disciplines that are out there scattered that don't, they're not coherent and let alone all the philosophies to study and the different esoteric traditions and belief systems and all of this, which is again, the path of the mind. All the different suggestions that exist and this causes the same thing. These are, it's almost like the progressive path has been shattered into pieces and all the progressive paths have been shattered into pieces. I think that's the best way I can describe it because we're not talking about one progressive path. We're talking about myriad of them, depending again on the teachers and the cultures and the language and the traditions and the, the time of, uh, of when this was popularized. So all of them have been broken down in this new age and people follow them um, here and there. They combine their own practices and without somebody that can guide you, I feel like that is just um, meant to, at the very best, just alleviate a lot of, and this is what a lot of people are feeling, I guess, um, is that there is an alleviation of what they used to be and they feel much more comfortable but there's still a little bit of frustration in there that causes these patterns to repeat. And, um, and most people, I think, they, they feel frustrated in this. So in any case, I think the direct path actually uh, caters to, to that. Uh, it doesn't matter um, which way you do it. The direct path is just one way of recognizing yourself is um, itself inquiry and is a, a direct experience. It's nothing that you need to learn. This is why also I feel that um, there's a big love for Zen. Zen Buddhism, if you see, doesn't have any scriptures, doesn't have any specific practices other than meditation, let's say. Um, and yet it is not, it's almost like uh, 
a combination of the two paths, direct pointing to, or direct transmission, as they call it. And then there is a certain discipline, because this does happen. And I'll finish with this important point, because I think Zen does it beautifully. In the progressive path, you begin with the feeling of separation, just like in the, in the direct path, you've said you begin with a feeling of separation. But in the progressive path, you go through different disciplines and practices and things to do. Uh, and again, this can be uh, from the esoteric teachings of the Kabbalah in Judaism to the Christian uh, paths that exist in all the different mystical traditions or mystical teachings that are at the bottom of many of Christian uh, belief systems to, of course, Buddhism and the Eightfold Path and um, all kinds of progressive paths in which you go step by step, deconditioning the mind to arrive at the essence of who you are. In the direct path, we go straight into the essence of what we are, but we use that essence to decondition the mind. So in the direct path, we're not skipping, let's say, the deconditioning of the mind, because the mind is an animal that has been trained for uh, decades, possibly at this point for you and for me. So this deconditioning needs to happen anyway, and it will happen whether it is prior to enlightenment, to the recognition of your being, or in uh, the direct process of enlightenment, which is the direct path in which we realize our true being from the beginning. And from there, we start deconditioning uh, the, the mind. So I think that's why Zen is uh, appreciated so much in these times, because Zen produces this uh, direct transmission. There is no need for progressive practices and anything. The teaching is now, and you need to get it now. But then it is suggested, because in Zen, uh, there are no monks, there are actually students. I think that, that's the, be the best way to describe it because nobody needs to swear anything or to take vows of any kind. They simply are. And how they decide to apply this newfound knowledge, that depends on them. Uh, of course, there are ways in Tusen that you can go into the temple and become a Roshi or a, a master over time, but that's just part of the tradition. It's not required for uh, merit, let's just say. The merit is in just you recognizing who you are. But it is acknowledged that you need to um, discipline the, the mind, which is the deconditioning of it. And so we do the same thing in the direct path. Other, The only thing is that, just like in Zen, you become your own teacher. You don't need to depend on someone, but you can have somebody who can help you. Just like in Zen, you can have a Roshi or a teacher who can guide you. And so this is the way in which we, we seek enlightenment. Um, we either do it through the concession of the separate self, and we have to, um, not necessarily we, you know, it's just the person who says, it is impossible for me, I feel a separate self, so I need to go into all these practices, and that's fine. Or we go straight into the essence of it. Uh, but again, I find that it is, uh, it's quite difficult to, to do the progressive path at any rate, uh, unless you belong to a specific temple, church, or 
um, and 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 you follow their teachings and you follow all of it. Uh, but it's always there. At the end, we're seeking the same thing. So that's all I wanted to share today. Um, I I felt that I I rarely talk about the progressive paths because they are where again we get all of our knowledge of how to approach reality and what things to do in the spiritual path it's what makes up all this um, plethora of practices that exist out there and i think i described it well when i said that everything that we're finding uh, online and where where we look is just this these paths shattered into different little pieces and they're all a mix. They're all a mix of what we're finding, of what to do. But I personally found that the direct path was just the way in which I could understand everything and which I could feel. And um, as a scientist that I've always been, I can prove within myself and validate it with my own experience. And nothing beats that, to be honest. So I talked about the direct path already, and you should know that I have a course, which you can find in the description if you're interested, uh, which is completely um, dedicated to the direct path. And it's, it's the form of how you approach this self-inquiry. If you like this videos, consider supporting me on Patreon. And that's all I have for today. Links are in the description as always. I bid you farewell. Have a good day, good night, and I'll see you in the next video.